Hey guys, Joe here. Before we get to today's podcast, I wanted to give a quick shout out and a thank you to one of our sponsors, Bolt. Coast to coast, you've seen their buildings, but did you know they're based right here in Appleton, Wisconsin? They are one of the companies that make our community so special. Bolt has been an inspiration for our Red Smith group with their philosophy, Bold Thinking. It's a mindset that challenges assumptions, encourages collaboration, and frees imagination. And it constantly finds the value that traditional thinking can't. It's what we're trying to do as a Red Smith group, and Bolt has been doing it for 130 plus years. Thank you, Bolt, for your support. And now, enjoy the show. What's going on, guys? We are back here live on the Red Smith Podcast, officially, officially, officially done with the Banquet Award Show, and what a great success. I was so great to see people. It was so great to see Leroy Butler, Bill Walton, the curling guys, uh, Casey Powell, legendary lacrosse player, super excited. We're going to get into that here on this show, but first of all, I want to welcome in my co-host, Joe Ornstein. And the MC, the mix master, Mike Shane Sparks, he was fantastic. We got them both here tonight. So, Joe, how you doing? Good to be back. And be- happy belated birthday, my man. Oh, hey, thank you, Fred. Hey, like, like I said to you guys, you get to this age, man, it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. But the star of the yeah, show no- is here. No, no, no question about it. The star is here. Shane absolutely knocked it out of the park. No surprise at all. No surprise at all. So happy to have you a part of this. Yeah, it was a great time, but uh, but time out on that, Joe. These things are all, I'm just there. I get to do the fun stuff. I mean, this this banquet has always been about the community, the amount of people, the star of this is you guys doing the work behind the scenes that started this back decades ago, a long time ago. I mean, I remember this event. I said it before. First time I came, I believe, was 04, and I remember it's one of the first things I've ever gone to where I was just like, wow, this is really, really cool. And uh, I was honored to be a part of it. It was a, a great night. But I want to go back to your birthday. So so you <laughs> said at your age, I'm going to tell you this. The older I get, Joe, how, how old are you now? The big 5'2", Shane. 5'2". You know how many people, Joe, don't make the big 5'2"? No, like, I know. I the know. The older I get, the more I am celebrating birthdays. I, th- I think there's a time in our lives where they almost get a little depressing because it's like, oh, uh, getting older. And now that I'm, I'm, I'm 46, now it's like, you know what? When I turn 47, I'm going to be real thankful I'm 47 because we all know not to be a downer, but you can get cancer. It's stuff like life turns on a dime. Everything's great today. And a week later, everybody's leaving your funeral, unfortunately. So, Happy birthday to you, Joe. What was the, what was the highlight of what was the highlight of uh, of the day? The highlight of the day was I I refereed uh, four varsity lacrosse games that oh. day, but it was an absolutely beautiful day. <laughs> Could hardly get out of bed on uh, day one of fifty two. It was a little tough, but uh, yeah, yeah, fifty two. Uh, as I always tell everybody, Joe, 
Make this next year your best one ever. You got Find it. Find a way to make it the best year of your life. Well, it's getting off to a good start tonight, sitting here with you guys. Yeah, good seeing yeah. you guys. It's super exciting to be back with you guys, Shane. Uh, I mean, you were absolutely electric. Uh, the show was fantastic. I think we kind of, I feel pretty confident. I can say I think we nailed everything we wanted to nail, right, Joe? I mean, we had a great turnout. We had great guests. The food was good. The drinks were flowing. The interviews were good. Uh, the only real thing that I think, you know, we we would probably look back on is how in the world can we wrangle in Bill Walton, right? I mean, that was, that was the still, ultimate. Has he's still talking. Here? I got a feeling he still might be on the stage talking. He's still <laughs> talking. Who knows? And it's funny, you know, I, I laugh about it and we can joke about it now. And we joked the funniest part about it. And we talked about this before the show. But the funny part about it is we knew it, right? We all knew it. He'd be flat out warned us and Shane you have a story but I mean I felt I feel like we we didn't do our due diligence here because the guy told us straight up yeah I mean I was telling you guys before I had spent quite a bit of that day with him once he got in uh you guys brought him to the hotel we hung out and had lunch and he was great and before we went up there he was very serious it was a, a little bit of a different different side of him that I had seen up to that point, but he, he called me over and he goes, Shane, come here. And he was very serious. It was like a very serious looking in my eyes. And he goes, you're going to have to cut me off. And I'm like, like, okay. Like, yeah. He's like, no. And then he, he goes, no, you're gonna have to cut me off. And it was like this stern, serious look. And then he goes, because I don't have any interest in leaving that stage. And I'm like, you know, me either, Bill. And so we're up there and I don't believe that I even asked him a question until 25 minutes in. <laughs> and at that point, I, I think I interrupted. It was like I had a, a half a second. Hey, hey, Bill, you know, you told me to stop you because I didn't want to look rude. It's like I, I wanted everybody to real like I didn't want people to look at me like, man, like Shane's trying to be, you know, that, that was what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, he told me to do this. Like he told me, you got to You got to cut me off. But um yeah, he was he was great. Like you said, Fred, it's Bill Walton. We're not the only people that uh, that have been unable to to wrangle Bill in. But he had some he had some really good stories. I mean, an incredible career. When I when I was doing the research on him, it's it's pretty amazing the career he had, all that he accomplished, and uh, he was great. I thought I thought Leroy Butler was magnificent. One, of, I mean, I've done I've done hundreds of athlete interviews. And I don't, I didn't have any real high expectations for whatever reason with Leroy. I thought he was incredible, spectacular, honest. The story about how Reggie White really won that locker room over as a leader, I thought was just like, wow. Like, I've always thought when, when you do an interview with somebody, my approach to interviewing anybody has always been when it's over, what did I learn? Like, is there something where I'm like, dang, I never knew that. And that that story he told about Reggie White uh, really getting the guys to to follow him as a leader and showing up at you know card night or whatever and letting his guard down a little bit that was that was a great story. Leroy Butler was money. I, I thought he was fantastic. Casey Paul was great. The curlers were interesting. I knew that would be interesting, and it was. That was that was great. That that whole night is that Red Smith banquet is one of the best nights of the year. Period. In my mind, I love it. It's a, you guys do a great job. Well, it's it's yeah, all of us really, and, and but that whole entire day is just incredible. You're right with the curlers. What a great group of guys. You had lunch with them, and and uh, 
God darn it, they're good guys, aren't they? Just, yeah, just down I mean, to earth. I mean, John Schuster brought the flag in. I mean, how yeah. many guys carry the flag at the opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games? Like, that's big stuff. Yeah. And, you know, listening to their progression over the years and the ups and downs, I mean, it's any way you slice that kind of stuff. I mean, I was watching something today that was fascinating. ESPN 30 for 30, the shark on Greg Norman. Yeah. It was Right here, like pressure changes everything. Mindset doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, fourth and seven in a football field in an NFC championship game or down by twos taking a three-point shot, whatever the sport might be. Bowling, like, oh, it's bowling. Yeah. Try when your livelihood is on the line, and that's something that you you've worked on your whole life. I mean, I don't ever like I don't ever diss that stuff. Right. I mean, oh, it's bowling. Yeah, it's bowling. Try doing that stuff when there's something big on the line or hitting a two foot putt to win the Masters. That stuff is hard. And that curling, you got some time to think. And uh, hey, that's a really big sport in the Olympics. I mean, they're, they're, those guys are rock stars. Uh, Absolutely. Every, you know, every Olympic game. So I thought I thought the curling guys were they were awesome. They did not disappoint. I had I had pretty high expectations going in and they didn't disappoint. I knew that would be good. Those guys were really good guys. Yeah, what no doubt. Really and uh, oh, go I ahead, Fred. Really great about, what I thought was really great about them specifically was, you know, just the, the the time before the show, especially, you know, we we all sat there, we had lunch, and they just hung out and they talked, and it felt like they could have sat there for the rest of the day, and we could have had a conversation, we could have told stories, we could have had laughs. Um, they were very open about things. It wasn't. It just. It felt. It was like I was sitting at my table with my 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 cousins and brothers and uncles. It wasn't. It never for like I never looked like I looked over and I was like okay that's John Schuster right, but it never felt like oh I don't know if I should say something or oh I don't know if I you know like they were the most down to down earth. to earth Olympians right carry the flag Olympian of USA to the T and yet I sat there and felt like these were just a couple of guys I could hang out and have a beer with. And that's when I was like, wow, these like they're they're just incredible. They're 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 fantastic. Uh, they killed it before the show. They killed it during the show. Um, and I hope that we can get them on this podcast because I think they'd be a blast on here too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, one of my favorite parts of the day, and Shane, I think you were there. I don't know what time it was. Three in the afternoon. We were in the room. It's all lit. They've got a really good music playing, and it's it's John is just sitting there talking about brew pubs that are popping up and. Duluth, Wisconsin, and how we should come up and try these 19 different breweries that are up there. <laughs> yeah, those guys were those guys were really good. It was it was fun meeting those guys. And uh, like you said, Fred, too, I'm just down to earth, good guys. I mean, I basically told them like, hey, I don't know much about curling. So excuse my ignorance on this. And they they were just great in, in answering any question and and just really promoting the sport. I mean, that's really you know, what a great platform for them as well. They understood that. Get to, I mean, anytime you get to, to promote something you do that you love to do, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you could tell that they really loved it. That was what was a really cool thought was like they just always talked about, hey, we were, we're always down to do this. We're always down to come. We're always down to talk about it, uh, which is what I really like. But to, to kind of circle back a little bit here and talk about Leroy Butler. So, um an interesting story with Leroy Butler. I was at the alumni event a few years ago. This is pre-COVID, I think. Um, I was always lucky to, to get to go to the alumni game and the alumni events with um, my grandpa when he was still around. After my grandpa passed, uh, my uncle uh, ended up becoming the president of the Packer Hall of Fame. So I was still able to like sneak some tickets and get into these 
events. He, you know, I used to try to flash the name around. It didn't work. They're like, I don't care who you are. Um, but my <laughs> uncle hooked it up. So anyway, we went to this alumni event. It was a few years ago. I brought a couple friends. I brought my brother-in-law or uh, was to be my brother-in-law, whatever. That's a long story. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh, it's Leroy Butler. I, I'm, I love Leroy Butler. And I was like, oh shoot, like, let me go get you an autograph, right? Like no big deal. So I walk over there and, and Leroy had not, did not want to do it. He had no in, intentions to sign anything. And I just remember being like, man, that's super weird. I just didn't, I didn't pay him for a guy like that. Right. I thought he was a, a little bit different. So I had a little bit of a salty taste in my mouth. I'm not going to lie about it. And I've carried that around for a couple of years. Um, nothing huge, but I come from a, a, my grandpa was a, doesn't matter what time of the day, what situation you're in, he signed. <laughs> yeah, he signed everything, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, uh, breakfast on Sunday. I mean, if we were out somewhere, it didn't matter where we were. A lot of times we used to be like, gosh, man, like, can we just get some privacy? But he refused it. Absolutely not. I'm going to sign everything. So I came from that world. And so I was like, kind of weirded out by the fact that he didn't sign it. Anyway, fast forward, I find out he's coming here for the nice guy award, which I thought was ironic. Um, but I kind of had this weird feeling of like, oh man, like I hope he comes and I hope he's excited. And then I find out that he's going to show up like 10 minutes before the show starts and he's leaving right after. Yeah. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, oh, okay, here we go. Big captain diva hall of fame guy now doesn't want to be a part of things. And he goes up on that stage and my jaw was on the floor the entire stinking time. And it wasn't. It wasn't the uh wasn't that it was him, it was it was the stories, it was the humility, it was the 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 ability to tell everything from every angle that just felt real and it felt truthful. And I love the, the Reggie story was fantastic and the way that he talked about you know his faith and bringing that into it, um, it was just remarkable. So uh being a man of faith, you know, when he walked off that stage, I, I shook his hand, I pulled him in close and I said, you know, thanks for bringing Jesus into it. And he said, well, where would we be if we didn't? And I was like, I love you again. I love you again, Leroy. I don't care if you ever sign anything ever again. You're my guy. So as much as we're there for these like incredible moments and we have these awesome moments with Shane, you know, that to me, like those are those moments that I take, right? So in 20, 30, 40 years when I'm an old man, older than I am now, and I'm telling the stories, like that's the story I'm going to tell. Because that one really touched, right? That really got to my heart. And it, it felt like it changed my perspective on not only him, but just it was great to see somebody up there and kind of talking about it from a different angle and a different perspective. So I was very excited about that. That's my really weird, cra crazy, tangenty kind of Leroy story. But, um, you know, Fred, me, yeah, that speaks to his niceness happened even before this started. I don't, do you guys, I'm not sure if Nick told you, Nick is really the one, Nick Psalm. Um, yeah literally sent him a heartfelt email just telling us, you know, telling him, here's our mission. We we want to honor you. It's all for the youth, everything that we believe in. And his response back to Nick was, I can't say no. I have to make this work. Monday is literally the worst night on his schedule. He's got something um, at five o'clock. He does some kind of show and then he does some kind of West Coast show later at night. He lives down in the Milwaukee area. He literally made it work. He he had about a three-hour window, four-hour window. He came up here because he believed in, in our cause and who we were. 
and, and I mean, you guys saw the result of it, everything that you guys just talked about, what that interview was, was all about. That is truly the kind of guy he is. And, and you know, had Nick not written that letter, he, he wouldn't have been here. And it, it's just, it's unbelievable. I don't ever recall in the 57 years that we've had this, this program, we've never had a guest come because, for that reason, that, that, that simple from, from just answering one email. It was just absolutely incredible. So another really quick thing with Leroy, and I, and I don't want to get that misconstrued. I wasn't saying by any means that I didn't think that he's a fantastic person. It was more of a, uh, a selfish, jealous, uh, <laughs> you know, moment of, I wish you would assign that, but it, I get it more than anybody in the world. You know, you have to know when to and when not to, but, um, so Leroy Butler is, uh, you know, obviously a fantastic football player, but he, I knew him before that, before any of that, even with my grandpa and per se was, uh, I went to high school with a, a kid named Michael Goodman and Michael was a little, a little kid, uh, what you would probably consider, you know, a, a, a little squirt when he was a younger kid, a hell of an athlete, right? Fantastic soccer player, really good basketball player. And as he got a little bit into like middle school and high school, he started to kind of develop into a really good football player, um, turned into a really good defensive back actually. But when he was young, um, he was in a bad car accident and there was, uh, I, I, I can't give you a ton of details on it, but there was, you know, some issues and there was some scare of whether or not he would make it. And, and if they would, you know, have some walking issues, things like that. And I don't know how the connection happened, but for some reason, Leroy Butler came into his life, uh, when he was a very young kid at that moment when he had that accident. And I remember thinking he was so cool when I was younger and it, it, it stayed with him. So they still talk to this day. Michael uh, had Leroy Butler stand up in his wedding. Leroy Butler had Michael in his wedding. Um, and so when we were there, Michael's brother actually came, uh, who is a one of the coaches for Nina Basketball. So he was coming for Nina Basketball and was excited to see Leroy. And we took pictures and we we're like, oh, we're going to send this to Michael. And before anything, that was always something that I knew of Leroy Butler, was that he cared about the kids, he cared about youth, he cared about people who have had injuries or setbacks in their life that maybe weren't going to give them an opportunity. So we know that to be true with Leroy, with what his issues were growing up and, and his his setbacks that he overcame. Um, and, and he did the same with Michael. And I think that was super cool. And I've always kind of respected him for that. And I, and I love that they still talk. I think it's super cool. Michael ended up being, um, I think, an all-conference corner and, and ended up playing some college ball. So um, that was always a really cool story. I was really hoping to see Michael at the event, but he must not have been able to come. So that's my other Leroy Butler story. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, a lot of times these guys are, uh, and it takes a little bit getting used to this. You got to, you know, you do it for a while. I didn't always think like this, but I've been around now for a while. Most of these guys are really good guys and they're as normal as it gets. They all got their, you know, they all, it's life, right? I mean, it's just, it is what it is. But most of these guys are about as down to earth and normal as it gets. They just, you know, have a have a more high profile job. That's kind of about it, right? And isn't that like, that's the big, that's a huge thing. Like we forget that, right? As fans, we forget that they're just humans and they're doing their job and they're going out there. And, and it's hard sometimes when you see people who blast them uh, for making a mistake on the field, off the field, 
uh, we forget they're just humans, man. They're just like you and I. They just happen to probably run a lot faster than us or, you know, well, are able to do things we're not are, able to do. All their mistakes are under the microscope and magnified. Absolutely. I mean, and, and I, I'll speak for myself. I'm glad my skeletons aren't out there for everybody to see because it's, it's not good, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I've made plenty of bad decisions and, you know, yeah, plenty of things I'm not proud of and you just try to get better and learn and, but yeah, if, if, yeah, if that stuff was all up for everybody to see, it'd be like, wouldn't be a good look. All the time. <laughs> so. There wouldn't be a big 10 screen behind you. I, I hope that would still be there, but you know what though? I mean, at the same time, you know, you kind of bring up, you just kind of make me think when you, when you say that, like this day and age, you got to make pretty good decisions because it, it's funny you bring that up because you know, what I thought to myself, while you were talking, I was, I, was, I was looking at, I see that Big Ten logo, and I think, man, just a reminder to myself, like, that's what I'm representing. So yeah. it's kind of like mental talk, like, don't say anything stupid, Shane. This day and age with social media, whatever, you say something, one thing that's a little off, whether it's intentional or not, and that can be the end of it. So, I mean, that goes for pro athletes, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to be so aware. I mean, just, you know, I mean not trying to pick on anybody in particular, but that whole Trevor Bauer thing going on right now, like, I don't know if he did anything or not. What, what I wasn't there. Here's what I can tell you. Here's what I take from that. Like Trevor, you play for the Dodgers. You're, you got a, I don't know how many hundred million dollar contract it is. Like you gotta be careful. Like you gotta just, you gotta really have great awareness and, and you gotta, I mean, I tell my kids that all the time. Like, you got to know what position. Like, where are you? Who's around? Read the room. Know the temperature of the room. Be careful what you say. Because once it's out, there's no bringing it back in. So That is the challenge in this this day and age, isn't it? you got to be so careful. I am nervous. I mean, I was doing a broadcast the other day. And there was a kid on Northwestern. He was a catcher. And I don't remember. His name is Jay... JC or JT Santini actually hit a grand slam that day, but my producer is in my ear and they were giving him a nickname and I'm sure it was a hundred percent. And I never did ask him, but I'm sure it was a hundred percent above board. But in my mind, I'm like, a lot of times those producers will tell you something and it's, it's maybe something you'll repeat, right? You know, it's like, you know, you'll repeat what they tell you. But in this particular instance, they give this like nickname and the production crews, like talking about it, and I, I stopped myself. I'm like, Shane, you don't know. You're not 100% positive if this is a joke or not a joke. I'm sure it was fine, but I wasn't taking that 1% chance that it wasn't. Right. All of a sudden, I say something that's bad, and I didn't know, but it wouldn't have mattered. Like, I'm responsible for what comes out of my mouth, period. Yeah. So yeah. yeah you got to be damn careful. What you, I mean, you got to be careful. Well, everybody's carrying a camera with them these days. Yeah, so yeah, nothing sacred. So careful. Oh, you definitely do. Wouldn't it be great if we could go back to 1986? Oh. And I do it. If somebody said you got to go back to 1986, do you want to do it? Heck yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I'll take 1986 over 2022. I hate to say it. Don't want to be negative, but I'll take I'll bring the wiffle ball and bat. I'll take 1986 every day and twice on Sunday. What a great, what great times. Oh, absolutely. I'll bring been, the wiffle uh, ball and bat. I'd have been in my mom's belly, so I guess oh, you, that you doesn't work out for me. Mid-80s, the music, the movies, the yeah. sports. Yeah. The movies I mean, were so good. Oh, gosh. 
You know the what? Packers so, stuck so bad though. They did. It's, Packers were bad. It's funny. It's super funny because like when I grew up, so I, I was born in '86, uh, graduated uh, in the early 2000s. But when we grew up, right, the, the '80s were that that was a laughing stock, right? Nobody's gonna dress like that. What was that style? The music oh, sucked. The '70s were way better, right? The classic rock was a better life. Uh, movies were so stupid, Jeepers Creepers and all these dumb movies, whatever. And I literally dropped my kid off at high school and I'm like, did I time travel? I mean, everyone's wearing acid wash mom jeans. They got old <laughs> Reeboks on. They're wearing Bands. oversized sweatshirts. Like, and yeah. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, how did this come back? Of all the eras, how did the, but I feel like, I feel like when you really sit down and you dissect it and you go back into it and you kind of look at it nowadays when i look back on it i'm thinking to myself i'm like no i think i think that might have been one of the best decades. the 80s because, ruled because 80s people sports. were just oh, willing oh. to just be themselves and it was they they flourished and it was fantastic absolutely 80s sports were the best oh they without okay, so a 80s, doubt so 80 sports let's talk about 80 sports then since we got this going and you guys are a bunch of old guys um <laughs> best team of the 80s any sport 85 Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. No, no question. I Super go, Bowl I shuffle. The, the teams that I thought about when you asked that question, 85 Chicago Bears, 84 Detroit Tigers. They started out 35 and 5. What a great team that was. Um 88 Dodgers, Kirk Gibson, walk-off yeah, home run. Hershiser was huge yeah. in 88. Uh yeah. BPAs, those A's teams were fantastic. They finally won one 89 against the Giants, got swept by the Reds in 90. When did George uh, Brett make the run for 400? That was what, 81-ish, 80 maybe? Early, early 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George Brett, one of my all-time favorites. Little little secret, if anybody's ever wanting to figure out one of my passwords, most <laughs> of them have the number five in them for George Brett. Yeah. Um, Where did George 80, Brett go to college? Don't know. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I think he, he was a rookie with Robin Yount in, what, 74? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, I think you're right. Maybe he did. I mean, Yelp was obviously super. I mean, came up at what 18? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, George Brett, I'm not sure if he did. I don't 81 know. was a 81 was a tough year, Fred. The Brewers, Brewers and Cardinals World Series. Boy, 82. the Brewers had a good team. Or 82, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, 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 82. 81, I think the Dodgers won it, didn't they? Fernando Valenzuela. I believe you're right. Yep, was it was it was it the Pirates in '79, Phillies in '80, Dodgers '81, Cardinals '82, Orioles '83, Tigers '84. The Royals got a gift in '85, Mets '86. But those Mets teams, Twins in '87. How would you like to be in the clubhouse of the Mets in 1986? '86 Mets. You want to talk about another crazy 30 for sure in ESPN? Yeah, '86 Mets. Oh, Lenny Dykstra, Strawberry Gooden. Keith Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Gordon <laughs> Strawberry, Lenny Dykstra. Gosh, what a what a group, man. What a – David Johnson's the manager. Then in the 80s, too, basketball-wise, you get the Showtime Lakers, Bad Boy Pistons of 88 and 89. Yeah. Jordan's bursting on the scene late 80s. He's won his first title, I think, 91 against the Lakers. The it Nutters was, of Larry Bird. The 80s – the 80s – there's not a sports decade that's touching it, at least in my lifetime. Not yeah. even I don't know who I'd even say second. The 80s right, so, had it all. Yeah. Let me ask you this then. All right, so you you guys both agree 85 Bears is your team of the decade. I feel like 
you followed that up with about 47 baseball teams. So are you going to stick with 85 Bears as your best team of the 80s? Yeah, and here's the other big thing. with If you remember in the 80s, the NFC was killing the AFC every year. It'd be like the yeah. LA and the Broncos would get there and then they'd lose by 40. But no free agency in the 80s. And then the NFC, the Bears, Giants, 49ers, and Redskins. Those four teams, or whatever I mentioned, four or five in the NFC, were stacked. And they all came back. I mean, they were always, I mean, those teams were so good. I mean, yeah, 85 Bears was, and I don't pay much attention to hockey. I, I don't know if the, you know, I'm guess, I think I'm guessing it was Gretzky in the yeah, you had Gretzky in Montreal, you know. Winning, winning or titles Edmonton. or Edmondson. All right, so yeah. let me let me ask you this, and then I got two two other ones. Uh, greatest athlete of the eighties, Bo Jackson. Yeah, that's a good one, Shane, for sure. You know, Freddie, going back to the other question, the NBA was pretty pretty rock yeah, solid in the eighties. Yeah, seventy sixers, Celtics, yeah. Lakers, Bucks. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks yeah. were always good. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Good old Randy Brewer, Jack Sigma. Oh, Terry God. Cummins, yeah, Mulkeski, yeah, Mulkeski, yeah, Paul Brian Preston, Winters, Sidney Moncrief. Uh, gosh, they had some, yeah, Junior Bridge, Dunleavy, yeah, Mike Dunleavy, yeah. Don Nelson with the oh. with the fish ties and the tractor, Jim Paschke doing the play by play yeah. on TV 18. I mean, the, the television landscape, I mean, sports was just so different. Then people ask me, I'm an Atlanta Brave fan, how are you a Braves fan? TBS. When I was 1985, 86, I'm 10 years old. The Brewer games, and you'll remember this, Joe, you saw their road games on TV. The home games were not on TV. None of them. None of them. So you'd see their road games. That was it. I'd watch the Braves on TBS, watch like most of their games. Most of the Cubs games were on WGN. Most of the Reds games were on WOR out of New York. Those were the teams I watched. I watched those teams. Far more than the Brewers in the yeah. 80s because they weren't on as much. But we have the constant in Bob Euchre. Oh. Still the same man. Ow. Just got... What, 52 years, I believe this is for him? Yeah, yeah. You know, I admit we had some fantastic announcers. Jim Irwin, Max McGee on the Packers in, in the 80s was awesome. Then you had yeah. Jim Irwin and um, who was his partner with the Bucks? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Um It'll come to me, but he was so good with with the Bucks, and, and then Yuke. I mean, Yuke has been there. I'm like I said, I'm 52 years old. Yuke has been in the booth every year of my life. That's insane. It is and absolutely. I was, I was just having this conversation with my friend the other day. He's still great. Yeah. If he, I mean, I'm starting to think like they're taking. You know, he's, he doesn't travel in, anymore. I don't believe he doesn't do all the games. Like no matter what. I don't care if it's, I don't care if he's 105. Yeah. He's got to be there for like a week. Yeah. Right. And oh. he's also one of those guys that um, obviously he's, he's still great. Is he as good as he was 20 years ago? Probably not. However, you don't care. Like, yeah. I don't, that's who we want. Absolutely. Period. No matter he, what, like, oh, he makes mistakes. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Want, and I never wanted to change. I don't know what like, year. Ah, uh, I don't know what year Vin it was. Oh, Vin Scully, Euchre won one one. Uh, I'll never forget this one. I don't even know what it was. Just some throwaway game. Bruce Fremming, uh, 
a Wisconsin guy was working the dish. Euchre right in the middle of the game. If Fremen is one inch shorter, he's perfectly round. <laughs> I just, I, I never forgot that line. I just love that. And only Euchre could get away with something oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> All right, Fred, one what's more up? Question. One yeah. more question. Just because now that I got you guys on the 80s, I want to keep, uh, I want to keep picking your brains on this one. And I'm going to probably miss a couple here. But uh, in my brain, these are probably probably some of the biggest ones. But I'm going to ask you, <clears throat> before you shout it out, the greatest single sports moment of the 80s. And I'm going to give you a couple options here uh, just to maybe refresh the brain, if you will. Uh, Miracle on Ice happened in the 80s. Uh, the ball going through Buckner's legs. Stanford versus Cal, the play, Kirk Gibson. Uh, Montana to Taylor, back of the end zone. Nicholas Birdie, 17, wins the Masters at 46. Uh, Doug Flutie's Hail Mary. Uh, Jordan's UNC game winner was a big one. Uh, Pete Rose, I believe, set the all-time record in the 80s. Yeah. Um, so those are a few. Obviously, there's ob there's a few more. Um, but those are the ones that I'm gonna I'm gonna peel off the internet that I can think of that were, you know, some of the ones that I think are pretty legendary when it comes to um you know the main big sports there's there's a few other ones there's john riggins um bjorn berg you know george brett again gretzky going to the, the the kings whatever there's a lot of different ones but i feel like those are some good ones what would you guys say yo i'll let you start i had one that came to mind immediately and then fred gave another one that i'm like that's gonna be it what what is what would you say you know, Fred, well, first of all, I remember just about every single one of those that, that you mentioned. And the thing that got to me was I remember where I was for so many of those. Yeah. The the, That's the 19th a great moment. If you you got to remember where you were at absolutely. That yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm you know growing up in Appleton. Song. Absolutely. I can remember two two games for sure that I have vivid memories. We had a rec room in the basement and sitting down there with my dad, you know, that's where you went to watch TV. That's where I learned to love sports. That 1980, I wasn't a huge hockey fan, but everybody watched the Olympics back then. And to watch, you know, to hear Al Michaels call and to just be on literally on the edge of your seat watching that was just an incredible moment, you know, with my dad. And I'll remember, too, that Kirk Gibson home run was the same scenario. You know, I was a Yo, senior in high school. This is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. That was mine. Gibson. Yeah. Oh, then, absolutely. That brings up the Miracle on Ice. It's it, it that's what it is. However, I don't remember that I was four. I yeah. don't remember, but I know it's the biggest moments in the 80s. But I'm surprised you and I are on the same page. Gibson's Homer of the yeah. one that I remember, that was it. Gibson's it, Homer. I mean, limping to the plate, taking hacks out, you know, in the clubhouse. The the raider, the TV call was absolutely just incredible. Limping around the bases. I mean, are you kidding me? Off Eckersley, I mean, uh, come Unbelievable. on! Unbelievable, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that. Yeah, I'm with you. Gibson's home run in '88 to me, just because I remember it. Uh, Nicholas, Buckner, I remember where I was with Buckner. Yeah, that's what I remember too. And yeah, uh, man, I remember too. Bill Buckner, who was, I think he passed away. I'm, I'm almost positive. Yeah, I believe you're right. Him coming back to Boston, I think they honored him on an opening day. Not that long ago, and he is just sobbing walking out there. And uh, I'm even right now. I get the chills thinking about it. 
that that moment not fair no no not not at all and the other thing too is if he makes that play he might not have beat mookie wilson the first base and yes game six like it's not like it's kind of like two joe and and fred talking about the 80 olympics when they beat the russians that was not the gold medal game (laughs) right yeah right the gold medal game it wasn't yeah finland was the gold medal game i Mm -hmm. believe yeah but um i mean i'm thinking back to if I'm going back to those, you bring up the calls, the great, you know, you bring up Al Michaels, three, two, one, do you believe in miracles? Great yeah. call. Probably the most legendary, iconic call yeah. of all time. But then I think about, was it, was it, because I think about 88 when Gibson hit it, I believe you had Jack Buck yeah. and Scully. And Jack Buck's call, I believe, was, I can't believe what I just saw. Absolutely. And then Vince, Vince Scully's was in a season of, the improbable or something, the impossible happens. Like Vince Scully, I would do anything. And I mean, there's only one person. I'll ask you guys this question. There's only one person that I would like, okay, maybe two. The person I want to meet most for me is Vince Scully. Like, I don't know, Chipper Jones, maybe two, but he's, it's not Vince Scully. If you guys could meet any sports personality, whatever it is, who would you guys take? Cool. Well, for me, for me, it would be I, I would have to jump into the world of music. I mean, I love sports to death, no question about it. There's hundreds of guys I'd love to meet, but for me, it's Trey Anastasio, and that's just uh, open and close for me of, of fish. So okay, okay. <laughs> How about you, Fred? Man, that's a that's a way more intense question. At least I kept you guys in a decade. That was a little unfair. Do, do they have to do they have to be alive? Oh, no, nope. Oh, that doesn't help. Um, <laughs> I, my mind initially went to Jordan because I grew up a Jordan kid, right? I grew up right in that time frame where it just, he captivated the world. And I still, I still look at him and think he is just this, this untouchable person. But I think if I, if I had the moment and I had a chance to just sit down and dive into talking to somebody, um, it would be hard not to, to want to sit down with Muhammad and talk to Muhammad Ali and just talk to him and, get his mindset and get it, get where he's at and, and hear what he has to say. I think Muhammad would probably be, yeah, probably would be the guy. Okay. And I'm not a boxing guy, but I mean, he's just, he's one of those guys, right? He's electric game changer, take over the room. Well, him and, and Howard sell too. And that's a little bit before yeah, my that's time, an, watching old yeah. videos of those two, like fantastic, you know? Yeah. Fantastic. I think, I think he's a he's a definite good one. Um, That's another '80s thing that themed a Monday Night Football. Oh, I, I just, guys, just so good. We're gonna be talking all night because it's just one great thing after another. <laughs> Why? I mean, I remember being again, Fred. I wish I wish you were here for this stuff. You, you got robbed. Like in, in <laughs> I did. I know. Fred asked to come a decade earlier because it was. I, I hate to say it, you missed out because the '80s were so good, and I wasn't even that old. But you remember, Joe, what I remember, Monday Night Football, it was like there was this little, gosh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but there was like this little, like, like it was almost like a 10-second little thing that played of a guy like, it was like a little commercial promo. And when that ended, you know, it was Monday Night Football. Right. And it, I believe it was like Frank Gifford would come on. And my favorite thing, see, now I will tell you this, guys, my favorite video game of all time 
is RBI Baseball. Yo, the yeah. original. Yes. Or Sigmo Super Bowl. The original. Mad noise. I don't need that. Like, I like basic stuff. And you know what I love about Monday Night Football in the 80s? You'd get the football helmet here, the football helmet here. Oh, yeah. And collide, then Frank Gifford. That's next on Monday Night Football. Dun, 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 dun. It was so good. And, Absolutely. And now, got, and now they got people singing. I hate to say it, guys. It sucks. Compared it to that, it yeah. sucks. Oh, I, and you so take I, it. Way too fancy. I and you agree. take it to I, the I baseball up. side. Shane, take it to the baseball side. This week in baseball with Mel Allen. Mel Allen. Yeah. This week in baseball. This week in baseball might be the all-time best, greatest ever sports show. Mel Allen, Twin Notes. How about that? I mean, he was – Yeah. If you guys want to have fun, go to YouTube and watch old This Week in Baseball episodes. It'll – it's – there is nothing better if you guys can't tell. I mean, I got to probably turn the page and get past this. When I say put me back in 1985 and drop me off, I'm not kidding. Because this yeah. stuff was, it was so good. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah, the I, 80s I, ruled. I'm not there. I obviously was, was not born. But I can relate in the sense of I remember being a little kid walking around in my grandpa's bar. Or we would sit down as a family and you would watch that classic Monday Night Football intro before oh. it got into like, let's put a hot blonde girl is yelling into this. Like, it was still classic, like beautiful football intros. And you had, you know, Madden and Summerall, which I that's what I grew up with. Oh, the, um, yeah, yeah. And I loved that. And then you know, just looking at it from like. It was just so different, right? Like the Sports Center, even Sports Center. Like I don't even watch Sports Center anymore. I can't handle it. But I grew up in the where it was, um, you know, Dan Patrick in, in his early days, and it was, um, you know, Stuart Scott, and like yeah. I enjoyed sitting down and listening Berman and talking about sports. And now I turn on any ESPN and I can't stand it. I hate it. I don't enjoy it. It's always political or you know some sort of driven behind or there's a favorite team or not a favorite team and maybe it's because i'm older and i'm becoming you know that old grouchy man and i'm looking for reasons but i remember just maybe it it takes you back to those safe times in your life but there's like nothing better than like sitting on the couch with my dad my mom you know old miller light pull tab beer Probably oh, yeah. a pack yeah. of smokes going down, right? You know, that was when like the side table next to the couch had a pack of smokes and a beer on it. We didn't care about what our kids were doing. We were okay with it because we weren't going to go the there. Best part about it too, Fred. I mean, I can remember this. You know, my my grandfather and my dad. You know, the the can of Paps is sitting on the table. Hey, <laughs> it wasn't hurting anybody being a seven year old just taking a poke of the Paps. Like, you yeah, didn't the, you didn't drink the whole can. Had, hey, no. Dad, can I have a sip? Yeah, sure. You take a sip yeah. of the past. Life, life was just, life is good when you're, I mean, it, it's just a different time. I mean, it is. those were some good days. Yeah, the Absolutely 80s. Was. Monday Night Football, that old intro, just so simple, pure, no razzle-dazzle, just let's sit down and watch the football. Even, even, even the intros now, like, you know, those have gotten... Little, it's like just, I like it when the guy comes up there and 
you know. Brent Musburger, you are looking live at Lambeau oh, Field. Was... Has Musburger ever been to the Red Smith? No, we need to get him, though. He would be incredible, wouldn't he? Fred Musburger is you, you nail like you talk about like great sports lines. Like, give me a line that you can identify. You are looking live. Yeah. Everybody that's anybody that's 45 years or older knows who that is. Yeah. Sunday, what was that? NFL today? Yeah, NFL, NFL today. He'd go to like he'd start that show off, and it'd be like he'd literally take you to like you know, the noon, you know, one Eastern games, you had maybe like seven of them in every one of them. You are looking live where today the Packers welcome the rival Chicago Bears. Boom. You are looking live at, you know, Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. I mean, it was like every single one of them. He was so, Brent Musburger was the man. He was Absolutely. The man. Packers taking on Tampa Bay in their dream, dreamsicle uniforms. You talk about the, the, you talk about 80s moments where you know where you are. You'll remember this one, Joe. I don't remember the year. I'm going to say 83, 84, when Steve Young and the Buccaneers came to Lambeau in the yeah. snowstorm. Yeah. I mean, the Buccaneers yep. were horrible. I mean, they were, you know, you had, you had Steve Young, and then they had a running back, James Wilder, who was pretty good. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Absolutely. Yeah, there were only a few thousand in the stadium that day. It was tough to get. We had like 13, 14 inches of snow that day. And the Packers weren't good in the 80s, but that was like the one team as a Packer fan. You woke up that morning. It was like, we're going to win today. Yeah. You know, they they had it, it was interesting in the 80s. They they weren't very good, but they offensively, you know, with Dickey and Kaufman and Lofton and JJ, oh, you know, they, they could Eddie Lee Ivory. Remember that oh, guy? Man. <laughs> yes. You know, and uh, Ezra Johnson eating a hot dog on the sidelines and <laughs> all the coaches that went through. You, had, you know, you, you still had Lombardi's guys with Starr and, and Forrest Gregg and, you know, and heck, Lindy, the, the heart attack pack back in 89, over the line, not over the line. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. It's good stuff. No, absolutely. Every Everything's growing up, though. You know, Lambo still, when you're in the bowl, you can still feel that. But, boy, Lambo looks so different than it did in the 80s. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, it even looks different even from just 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I I remember going to it when it was the straight bowl. I remember going to it at tailgating next to the gas station, and now I look over there, and there's a monstrosity of Titletown. And and I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm proud of what the Packers have done, and I'm proud of the fact that, you know, they have to build there. Right? They have to adapt. They have to, you know, kind of come into this new age of it's not just – you know, a stadium anymore. It has to be a whole, you know, town Experience. around the stadium. Yeah. And I get it. I understand that. Um, and I, and I will always appreciate the fact that they kept the feel of the original bowl there. Um, well, the name, but, right. Still yeah. Lambeau Field. Yeah, that mean, too, yeah that, that, that should last? never change. That's got to, it better last forever. There's going to be I a hope riot. So. But, um, and I think that's the one difference that, that Green Bay offers is that there is such a connection now, when you start looking 30, 40, 50 years on the road and people don't remember Lombardi's era and they don't remember that whole stuff, they might not care anymore. It might end up turning into Quick Trip Arena and we're going to be like, oh, son of a bee. But I, I, I find myself a lot of times, you know, I'm driving to Lambeau with my, my oldest son who's 15 and I'm like, man, you know, back in the day there was this, there wasn't this and there wasn't that and you, know, you just get drunk and walk through some, you know, people's yards and he's like, well, hasn't seen that long ago. And I'm like, well, guess what, bud, when you bring your kids, 
this place is going to look completely different. There's going to be yeah. skywalks to the second level. There's going to be, and he's like, no way. And I'm like, Hey, if you would have asked me when I was 15 or 10 or whatever, if Lambo would have looked like this, I would have probably been like, well, no. Yeah. When we have flying cars, but it's the truth. And I think it's going to continue to progress. And when these teams are making, you know, borderline trillions of dollars, I mean, it's, it's coming. And I hope that, I just hope my only hope and prayer with, with the Packers is that they don't completely abandon that hometown community feel because I feel like then it will you'll kill the aura. You'll kill whatever good, you know, thing I guess we have. And I just I, that will bum me out. So that's where I'll I'll rest my head on that part. It's of it, kind of but. like NASCAR. Um I remember an article, I think it was Sports Illustrated years back. NASCAR started to, at one point, and, and maybe they've changed this, but at one point they were like taking some races out of the South and putting them in like California, stuff like mm. that. And there was an article that basically said NASCAR forgot that yeah. their fan base is plastic silverware. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And, that's great. And the Green Bay audience, that's, they're, they're a different kind of like people live in green Bay are different than people live in LA. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no doubt. So you you got to know your audience. Right. And and I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think the good thing is I, I don't know how you could mess that up. Right. You'd have to be, I mean, that, that, that connection with, with that fan base and that organization is I, I it's, it's man, it's so powerful and it's kind of a match made in heaven. Right. It's perfect. And I've had people, I've had people come into to this area from far away, uh, different States, different countries, even. Um, and I've gone to some games outside of Lambeau and it's just, it's not even close. I mean, it's, it's an, I've gone to, where was I in Florida, I believe. And I went to a game, this was a, it's a while back and it was a baseball game, but, uh, we got there and, you know, we parked in the, the parking lot and I popped up in the back of the end and I'm like, all right, who's ready to tailgate. And they're like, what's tailgate. And I was like, what? what did you just say to me? Yeah. Like, you don't know what tailgating is? It's and they're different. like, no, what is it? And so then I explained it to him like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And I'm like, we literally built our whole life on tailgating. I'm like, yep. that's, you know, half of my life was built, you know, watching either my uncles drink beer out of the back of their, you know, vehicle with a small grill, grill and brats. And now it's me. I mean, that's just, and that that's when I really realized like, man, Green Bay and Lambeau specifically is just, it's a different breed. It's a completely different breed. We like I mean, to eat and drink up here. Yeah, that? we'll find any way. We to like to it. eat and drink up here. Well, that's the, I mean, people here and they like to, you know, my favorite thing about it is you can meet somebody and hang out with them for three hours. Yeah. You never met them. You probably never see them again. But for that three hour window or whatever yeah. it is, you had a connection with them. You had some fun and everybody, it's just a fun, just a fun place. I mean, Lambeau Field, that's just a special place. It's just so unique. Yeah. It's so yeah. unique. Absolutely. It I mean, it's reminds just... me that the only place, and I've never been to this place, but my, my perception is another place that would be a little bit similar is like Buffalo. Like yeah. yeah. Like I've always, just... I've always, yeah, I've always said Buffalo to me reminds me a lot of Green Bay and then Kansas City. I think Kansas okay. City has a little bit of that same feel. Yeah, I'd very tradition, very traditional. It's kind of in a different spot. You know, their 
our beer and brats is their beer and barbecue, right? Like yeah, they have yep. their thing. Buffalo's got the wings and that whole aspect. Um, but there, it's it's kind of like they want to show the world, right? Like we want to show the world what Lambo's about and how cool it can be, but not enough that you actually want to come infiltrate it too much. We want to keep it close to chest and we want to make sure that we we don't let that tradition get you know muddled with a bunch of you know extras or outsiders yeah and, yeah and then yeah. it starts to get kind of weirded out but i mean it's my favorite thing it's i mean obviously i the the packer heritage runs deep runs deep but um you know i always tell my kids and my wife my absolute favorite time is is during those playoffs and when the packers start doing well or they look like they're doing well um usually only to let me down and break my heart but um I always tell my kids, I go, every time you go to the grocery store during the playoffs, I'm going to take you to the grocery store every Friday or Saturday, right? Every round of the playoffs and watch how many more people are wearing Packer gear, how happier people are, how willing people are to say, hey, go pack, go for no reason. And it's like this Wisconsin just meshes and melts together when that happens. And it happened last year with the Bucks. You know, I felt like yeah, everybody yeah. came together, everybody was excited. And to me, you know, outside of the the many things that sports brings, when sports brings a whole state or community together because everyone's excited about it, um, that's what I love about sports, man. I mean, everyone's just amped up. You go to work, everyone's got Bucks gear on. They're all jacked up about it. They're leaving early. They're tailgating, Brewers opening day, Packers play. I mean – that to me is what I love about sports and what I love about Wisconsin. Cause I don't know if that's everywhere. I don't know how deep every other state kind of runs with that. There are some states I think that are like that, but I'll guarantee you, like, I don't, I can't see California being that way. I can't see Florida being that way um, where it's, it's a shut down your day and just celebrate sports. And we've had some hammers. I mean, you mentioned the Bucks <laughs> with Giannis MVP, Rogers yeah. multiple time MVP, Kristen Yelich, MVP. Yelich. Ron was an MVP not that long. I suppose it's been 10 years. Favre won his. Like, it is pretty crazy. The MVPs we've had in this state lately, like the yeah. last and decade. Without I mean, a lot I, of championships. There's a lot of them. And then you and then you think about the Badgers and what they've yeah. done since since uh, you know what, Badger football when they won the you know, won the Rose Bowl in 93 season. They've always yeah. been. I mean, this isn't like they've been good for 10 years. They've been they've been pretty darn good for like 25 years already. Like pretty good. Yeah, you talk about the 80s, Fred. I mean, like, geez. Yeah. I mean, the 80s were rough for sports. Maybe the Bucks were all right. Brewers a little bit, but 80s were terrible for sports. But Shane's right. We're on a really nice run here, really, of all the sports here over 25 years. It's it's pretty incredible. I mean, the 80s were rough. Yeah. You hope the Badgers got two wins in football. Yeah. The Wars weren't sniffing 500. No. No. Um, Packers, I mean, you were hoping for eight and eight. Yeah. That was, that was a, you take that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's been a good run. Yeah, no doubt about oh, do it. We, do, do we need to just cue some, well, let me ask you this before we, we kind of start to, to dwell away here since we're going to stick with the 80s and this is going to be a completely 80s theme podcast uh we haven't even greatest... about 80s movies yet okay, i know so they were hold so on. Hey, good hey hey don't spoil <laughs> it i'm coming here three questions uh 
best movie in the 80s, best band of the 80s, best song of the 80s. Dang. Joe, you go for it. The fish were even... barely around in the 80s, bud, so you're going to have to dig Well, they did start in the one. 80s, though. They, they I know they did. Start... <laughs> yeah, they were playing, they were playing uh, East Coast College, right? They were Vermont for sure, but yeah. uh, well, that was the heyday for the Dead. That that some people argue. I, I would eighties is by far the favorite era for the Grateful Dead. The Brent years, fantastic. Bill and I talked about that. Walton a little bit. He he agrees. <laughs> so no, they were Bill's blessing. Uh, boy, eighties song. I mean, there were just so many. I mean, you had. Yeah, I know Star Wars was a late 80s. The first one came out, I think, in 77. But you certainly had, like, Return of the Jedi and the Star Wars franchise. Early 80s was great. I'm freaking E.T. You know, you talk about the first movie I ever saw in a theater. Yeah. Probably the first movie I freaking cried at that thing. Five years old and I cried. Yeah. You know what's funny? I went back and watched that again. I took my two daughters to the outdoor theater in Freedom, like, two summers ago. Literally, like... 40 years after I saw it for the first time in 1980. Yeah. He, he was freaking awesome. Oh, absolutely. But then you had, I mean, I, you actually, had... I actually cried as well uh, at ET. And it's funny because, so I've been on this kick of showing old, like early nineties, mid nineties movies to my, my son, my youngest son. We just watched free Willy, uh, which he cried. And I was like, I feel you brother. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, E.T.'s got to be next, right? And he's five, so I'm kind of like – I remember being very scared of E.T. the first time I saw him, but by the end of the movie, I was sobbing, right? <laughs> so I'm kind of like, is is he ready? And every time I pull it up, he's kind of like, I don't know, Dad. But in my mind, it's got to be something that happens. Um, I'll throw out – just I'm going to be a cheater here, but I'm going to throw out a few uh, that – are on this list here. We have the Outsiders, Early Batman, Scarface, uh, the Goonies, Top Gun. Yeah, Top Gun uh, was huge. Hoosiers. Out summer. Yeah, I yeah. Tell them, that that makes me feel old. Yeah, wait. <laughs> I'll so, be I mean, there opening night on that one. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. There's a couple good ones there. Um, obviously, I've, there's probably a few that I missed. You know, 80 songs. You have, you know, Sweet Child of Mine, Take on Me, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Uh, Jump Van Halen, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, Beat It by Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's probably got to be a top one in there. Billy Jean. Um, yeah, CD thriller. Yeah, I mean, that thriller yeah. is just insane. I mean, there's, I, there's, I, I, listen, I don't, I'm glad I don't have to answer this. Favorite well, you had that. You... For me was, and again, this just goes back to your age, right? I mean, it's, I right. wouldn't say this if I was, the, the, I got three movies that when I think about the 80s for me, that will always be the biggest. Footloose, yeah. Karate Kid, oh yeah. Yep. And Vision Quest is a wrestling movie, and I did. Uh, it's a Vision Quest has one of the best movie soundtracks of all time. Oh, I mean, have to check insane. that out. It's that's insane. a big, that's a big one. Journey only the young Madonna's in it. It's 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 got one of the lunatic fringe. It's got one of the best movie soundtracks ever. As does Footloose. But um, I got to meet in Detroit when I did the, the wrestling for ESPN last month. I got to meet Frank Jasper, who is Brian Shute, the, vis- the, the, uh, the villain in Vision Quest, one of the coolest things ever. Um, but yeah, those, those movies were great. So to me, 
Favorite 80s group for me, and I love 80s music. It'd be tough for me to pick between The Police yeah. and Phil Collins. Yeah. Genesis favorite, just... Yeah, and favorite song? Watching Cubs baseball, 1984. Chicago Cubs baseball. Yeah. Brought to you by Zenith and your local Zenith dealers. Yeah. Van Halen Jump. Yeah. Van Halen Jump was like, that was... I would I would say this best song for a team. It's kind of like give me a song and like give me a team like jump eighty four cups. Yeah, um, I can't think of you know a lot of a lot of songs teams have a you know little theme song that you latch on to maybe during a championship run. But but eighties movies, you know we talk about Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Risky Business was fantastic. I'll give you another great movie, guys. And this is. I'm just Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, classic! One of the all-time favorites. My my brother in 1984 turned seven. My dad. Let's tell you the kind of a guy my dad was. Just love miss him. But he was taking my brother to Smurfs. Oh yeah, Fond du Lac Theater. We lived in Ripon. He was taking him to the Fond du Lac Theater in 1984. My brother's turning seven. Well, they get there. And again, you didn't have social media or internet. You know, I suppose he could have called, but he gets there and Smurfs is gone. Revenge of the Nerds took the place. Yeah, yeah. My brother on his seventh birthday saw Revenge of the Nerds. Uh -huh. He turned out okay. Back in the 80s, you look at some of those movies, we all turned out okay. We did. Well, I think one, uh, one of the best, I still quote the movie, me and my buddies, Fletch. 1985 oh, Fletch. Oh, Chevy Chase was in. Oh, he was so funny. And, she, and, and Fred, Saturday Night Live was so good in the 80s, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Just 100%. incredible. I still watch it because it's Saturday Night Live. I still, I don't watch it a ton, but I still love to sit down at 1030 on a Saturday night and watch SNL. Yeah, it's probably not as good as it used to be, but that's kind of a bucket list item for me. Yeah, go to SNL live just once, you know. Oh, absolutely! Got a great show. The fish are here. Stick around. Yeah, yeah. You know. Do you remember like Martin Short, Billy Crystal, oh, all God. those guys back I remember, then? I remember Joe. I was I was 15 years old. It was 1991. I can't I can't tell you 20 minutes ago, but I remember this. 1991. There was or was it 90? Anyways, it was the Saturday Night Live. 15-year anniversary highlight show. Yeah. The one with Martin. Is it Martin Short where he's doing yeah. the synchronized swimming? Oh, yeah. I can, Yes, absolutely. One of the greatest <laughs> sketches ever. <laughs> I mean, this stuff is just, I mean. I'm not that strong a swimmer. Chris Farley. I mean, that was more oh. early 90s. I mean, Chris Farley doing, you know, the motivational speaker. And he, you know, is that Shakespeare over there? We got ourselves a writer. Yeah. You know, he falls down to the table. Yeah. Him and I mean, I mean that's early '90s, but I mean yeah, the '90s, absolutely. the '90s were the '90s would definitely rival those '80s with yeah, Adam with Sandler, Charlie, Chris Rock, Chris Adam Sandler, Sandler, David Spade. I mean those uh, Dennis Miller, Will, oh, Will Hartman. Yeah. I mean those yeah. were some mm. really really good. Frozen the, Caveman like, Lawyer, Will Hart, or, uh, yeah, Will Hartman. yeah. That is like yeah, those that are great. So funny, Hans and Franz. Yeah, yeah. Hans. yeah. <laughs> And that was like a treat, church like, lady. Yes. Oh, it yes. Was, <laughs> that was so funny. It was so funny. 
80s movies, 1988, you had Eddie Murphy, Delirious, and Raw. Remember those in the theater? Remember, you know what else was good? How good good do you think those would do right now? Could you imagine putting one of those? I don't think people would freak out. These days are too, they get offended. Everybody's offended now. Like, can't you ever just laugh at something? It's like, it's funny. Poke fun at me, I don't care. 90%. I can can give you some laughs, whatever. I'll give you this too, guys. You think about the mid-80s? Rambo, First Blood, Spoon, yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. There were some really, I mean, just some pretty good war movies in the mid 80s. Absolutely. Mean, yeah. I remember. Yeah, Diehards. Yeah. I'll give you, you know, you also you talk about the 80 TV shows. The other day at the other day on social media, there was something. Give me your favorite 80s TV shows. I went Three's Company and Miami Vice. Remember oh, those? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh gosh, Don Johnson, the chest hair hanging. Oh, out. you knew it, man. In the white blaze jacket, like who didn't want to be Don Johnson? I tell you, oh, exactly. Yeah. Never wore socks again after that. <laughs> <laughs> the Dukes oh, of Hazard early on. Speaking about time machine in eighties movies, Back to the Future too. I was just oh, gonna say, yeah, Back absolutely. to the Future was a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So- Fred, the 80s rocked. I said they that three times so now. Good. They were it, so good. They they really were. They really were. Next yeah, time, Bueller, Fred, we'll talk about the 80s? 90s. I feel bad, Fred, because we're, you know, we're you're the young guy. You're not in. So the next time, Fred, you get the floor and you get to tell us how great the 90s were. <laughs> no, yeah. No, well, I wasn't it, I my 90s were your 80s, you know. And the cool thing about that is that, you know a lot of that bleeds into that next decade. Right. So in my, the nineties to me were the eighties, right? Like when I start talking to people about, you know, I talk about the eighties and the styles and the music that was still happening in the early nineties when I was five, six years old, you know, we would still go to, you know, the, the family get togethers and it was, the music was still rocking. It wasn't changed. Most of it was still Michael Jackson, Van Halen, things like that. I mean, the movies always were around. We still ended up watching. I mean, I watched every single one of them. They're still there. And I'm not even a huge movie guy, but I can't probably think of a single top shelf 80s movie that I didn't see. Um, so I think it all kind of comes back in one way or another. I just didn't get to actually, you know, pull up in a Trans Am and listening oh, to uh, gosh, a Trans Am. <laughs> some so of that good stuff. Just real quick. First, first concert that you ever remember going to? Oh, good question. Joe, fish. Uh, no, I wish. Um, nah, I'm Would have been 19, um, I can't remember, it was 86, 87, something like that. Uh, Alpine Valley, Boston. Oh, <laughs> man. More <laughs> than a feeling, baby. Did anybody that's who opened for him? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I want to say that it was Skid Row. I'm pretty oh, sure it was man. Skid Row. Hmm. Fred, how about you? Um. My first, actually, this is a hell of a concert. This was my first concert. Uh, was um, Black Crows and Oasis? Oh, not Black Crows were just in Milwaukee like last August, maybe. Oh, really? I got the Black Crow CD. I bought it from a place. I just found out it's like. Remember the exclusive company? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh no, the guy died. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. I mean, radio. Say it with me, the exclusive. Yeah. That, yeah. that guy was awesome, but that Black Crow, Shake Your Money Maker, 
Yes. Got that CD in 1991. Fantastic, fantastic CD. First concert I ever went to, August 31st, 1991. Marcus Amphitheater. At the time, it's called that. Now it's, what, American Family? Maybe. I don't even know. Yeah. Allison Chains opening for Van Halen. Yeah. And it was, I was 15 years old. Parents dropped me off with a couple of buddies. That was the first night. I felt like a real man. Shane, I was at that show. I'm almost positive I was at that show. Here's how I remember. You know how I remember it? The next day, September 1st, was week one of the NFL football season that season, and Randall Cunningham snapped his twig. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. It might have been against the Packers. Yeah. I remember that. No kidding. Yeah. Allison Chains opened. Their first song was Man in the Box, which had a great video on MTV, which is a whole nother 80s, like yeah, MTV we could go into that. MTV yeah. was the best. And then uh Van Halen had their four unlawful carnal knowledge, was the name of the CD. And they opened their, their first song they played was Pound Cake. Just yeah, like, one of the best, I would say one of the best nights of my life. And I just remember I was 15. I just I'll never forget the feeling of I felt like a real man that night. It was great. That was Sammy Hagar was lead then, right? It For was. them. Yeah, I remember when Eagles Fly he played that. It sounded so beautiful in that amphitheater. Van Halen was. I've seen him two or uh, yeah, two or three times. But yeah, uh, now they're you know no more. Yeah, no, it's sad. I know Eddie. I mean those guys. I mean that was total eighties. Everybody. I mean jump. Oh, I mean it doesn't get any bigger than that. And uh David Lee Roth doing the the splits. But yeah, Van Halen has always been one of my favorites. Bucket list concert. I know we got a roll. Bucket list concert, Joe. Who do you go? What, what do you guys go? Who, who's your who's number one on your list right now that you got to see? Dead or alive? Well, yeah, well I, I mean, yeah, like, I, I mean, there's no question. I, I for me, it's fish in Madison Square Garden. They just finished four nights there, dude. They had whales floating around. They made the arena look like you were underwater, and they actually had whales and dolphins hovering and swimming above the above the seats. <laughs> no <laughs> so, way. So yeah, no, absolutely. I mean. It's always going to be fish for me, but I mean the, the music is great. There's so many great bands out there, but I, I got to stick with you, my old reliable. Have you seen fish? Oh yeah, I've seen them like thirty okay, so plus time. But who do you want to see? Who's somebody you haven't seen that you want to see? Well, I've seen the Grateful Dead, but I'd like to see the the reincarnation of Dead and Company. I mean, John Mayer taking Jerry's spot is absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I love John Mayer. Yeah, I mean, he, he his talent is just absolutely incredible. His voice, his guitar playing. You know, I, I wasn't always a huge fan of maybe his, his solo work, but the way he he's fit into the Grateful Dead community and has taken on those songs and really has reinvented so many of their classic tunes, um, I would love to see them. But, um, yeah, probably the... The two guys that I'd really like to see, the two bands, um, you know, live that I haven't seen before is Goose. They're they're a jam band, and then uh, Billy Strings is just absolutely tearing it up. He's he's incredible. So you know that that's the kind of music I like. I, I don't necessarily like what's on the radio, I guess. But uh, you put me in the jam band world, and I'm a happy boy. Okay, Fred, how about you? Uh, that's a that's a really tough question. Um, there's a there's a band out of uh, Canada. Uh, they very rarely tour anymore. Uh, they're a little bit older, uh, but they were part of the um, kind of the the emo rock stage of the mid two thousands. And they have one of the one of their albums is my absolute favorite album of all time. 
Um, and I never got to see him. And so there's somebody that I've always wished that I'd get that chance to go see. Well, what's the name of him? Uh, Monine. Okay. So very, yeah, very random. Um, other than that, I mean, I feel like I've been, I've gone to a lot of concerts. I've been pretty blessed. Um, another one that I really, really wanted to see, and I got to see a couple of years ago, and I'm actually seeing again this summer in Soldier Field uh, is Red Hot Chili Peppers. So, oh, that'll be a good show. Man. Yeah. I, they, I was on an elevator once with Flea. Oh, nice. I used to work, years back, I sold beer and I sold beer, I sold Rolling Rock beer. And I won some sales contest where I got to go to this thing. It was called Town Fair in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, where they used to brew Rolling Rock and they had about eight, nine bands. And they rolled out the red carpet. We were front row VIPs. It was fantastic. And Red Hot Chili Peppers played. And yeah. I remember being on the elevator with Flea. We're at the Weston in Pittsburgh, fancy hotel. There's Flea. I'll never forget this. Shorts, no shirt, and some like flip-flops. And he was, he made me feel tall. I remember like <laughs> yeah. how many people I looked down on being five, seven and a half. <laughs> and I I'm telling you, in in person, watching him, because he's in the elevator and we're kind of making small talk with him. And I remember thinking to myself, like, and I might have had a few in me, but I was kind of like, this guy's a like a little bit out there. <laughs> and that next day, I'm watching him go to town on that bass guitar. In person, one of the most incredible displays of talent I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sickening. So you give him a guitar? Like, I don't know what, I mean, magical. Flea on a bass guitar, the man. Yeah, they're, they're uh, I mean, there's a reason that they've been as successful as they've been for, you know, since the early 80s. And they're old. Well, um, yeah, they're, I mean, those guys are old now. Yeah, yeah. they're very old. Flea's incredible. John Frusciante is one of the best guitarists. You know, we saw uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers a few years ago at the amphitheater, um, and there was a, a nasty, nasty storm. And we were down in there, and you could just see, like, from the, the ceiling to where we were sitting, it was just purple and blue and black and you could tell that like it's bad shit was coming right it was it was gonna be a bad bad storm but to sit in there and to have them playing and lightning you know behind them and it was just it was like this weird kind of trippy feel to it um and my, i went with my my wife and my father-in-law and my mother-in-law my father-in-law had taken up playing bass so he was very interested in Flea and loved Red Hot Chili Peppers. I still, to this day, would probably say Californication is the top five album ever through yep. and through. Um, but anyway, he passed away a few months ago. And before he passed away, he had bought eight tickets to the Red Hot Chili Peppers Soldier Field. And after he passed away, we were kind of like, well, what do we do? And it was like, we, we got to go, right? We have to go. Um, and I found out they were actually the opening band for Red Hot Chili Peppers this this summer um, is actually one of my other favorite bands, The Strokes. So I'm super jacked to see them um, as their opening band. Because the last time I saw Red Hot Chili Peppers, the opening band was garbage. It was absolutely okay. terrible, um, which shocked me because one of my all-time favorite bands, the Mars Volta, was an opening band for Red Hot Chili Peppers back in the day. And Red Hot Chili Peppers were just known for always having like very incredible talent as their opening band. So I was super excited about it, found out they were crap. But um, 
Yeah, if I hadn't seen them, that would probably be mine. What what about you, Shane? I've been pretty fortunate. I've seen so many. I mean, I've been at a lot of concerts. The one that I'll always regret that was number one on my bucket list that I never saw was Prince. Yeah. I'll never forgive myself for that one. Um, Probably number one on my bucket list right now would be Pearl Jam. Yeah, it's a good call. Need to see any better before it's all said and done. I mean, I think he's just awesome, but I could talk music with you guys until this time in a week. Next seven days straight, we could talk music. Oh, absolutely. So much talent out there. It's just amazing. It's amazing how much talent there is in music. And I I can't sing to save my life. I don't play instruments. I just marvel. Like I'm going to see uh I'm going to see Lady Gaga at, at Wrigley Field. She's different. I just, yeah. you know what I mean? But she's Her talented. Down, I don't know how much we'd have in common. She's amazingly talented. That's intriguing yeah. to me. Uh, I'm going to see Justin Bieber. I can't wait to see Bieber. He's, he's I love Bieber. I'll go yeah. See I think that's end of June, I believe it is. Shane, um, an interesting fact on, on Biebs, uh his lighting director is – He's the guy that lights fish. He's lit fish for 30 years. Oh, really? So he, he's like one of the top in the business. And, and Biebs is a fish fan, actually. Really? And, and uh, uh, early July. I think he's her summer fest. Yeah. I waited, I waited too long. Normally, I, I like pop on this stuff quick. Uh, this one I did not. So I just got lawn seats. But I can't wait to see him. I saw Phil Collins a couple months ago. Nice. And that was like the end for Phil. Unfortunately, he was, you yeah. know, I mean, Father Time is undefeated, but uh, Phil Collins in his heyday. I saw him in 97, and it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Oh, I believe it. You know, closer to home, one of my favorite things to do really in the summer is Mile of Music. Oh, yes. What an incredible four days up here. And, you know, Dave Willems that that, uh, started that is just just what a vision he has. And, and boy, those four days. Mile of Music. That you know, right where we had the Red Smith banquets, right? That music venue on Thursdays is fantastic. Oh, Josh, Josh has the Leech Amphitheater, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, one of these days, if, if maybe we can get about 40 degrees, I'm looking forward to live music this summer. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's a lot of it around here, it's so good to see. Yeah, a lot of talent out there. Oh, we'll unbelievable. We'll have, we'll have to get together a few times this summer and watch some live music. And oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. Love well, it. the good thing is the good thing is is we've we've managed to clear the 80s, right? We've gotten through the 80s. <laughs> uh, the next podcast will be hit the 90s, and before you know it, we'll be caught up to time. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, guys, you know, the the beauty of this show, the beauty of the podcast, is that we we literally came on here to talk about the Red Smith show, and yet we time traveled. And we found out a little bit more about each other, which I love. I felt a little bit like Bill Walton tonight, guys. We're Bill Walton. We all. And how 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 interesting that we had the tenacity to question the Bill Walton situation, and here we all are. We're we're Bill Waltoning right now. We're absolutely Bill Waltoning. Um, if that's that's the new word of the day, but uh, I love it, and and I look forward to you know continuing the conversation. I'd love to talk '90s. I'd love to talk more music. I know it's a sports podcast, but I think if we can get each other on this, you know, we can talk a little bit about sports, a little bit about music. This was fun, man. I absolutely love best it. Sports. I got a re- for, for down the road. I yeah. got a really good movie story that involves the Red Smith. Oh, nice. Okay. Good right. tease. Well, good. That's tease. the cliffhanger. That's the cliffhanger of the night. <laughs> um, 
I love it, man. I, I'm, I'm super jacked. I, I enjoyed discussing this with you. I like, yeah, I like hearing about the movies and the trends and the music because it, it gives a little bit more of an insight to who, who we are. And I think what we talked about earlier, right? Sports and humanizing people, right? We look at athletes and we think athletes. Uh, we look at, you know, us as a sports podcast, us being involved in sports. We're more than that, right? We love movies. We love sports. We love songs. We love bands. We love trends. We love our kids. We love everything. And I think what this podcast can do here right now for us uh, is let people know that. So uh, thank you for sharing uh, your stories about that. Thank you for sharing uh, your music loves. Joe, um, you're about as obvious as obvious can be when it comes to music. I know if it's not fish, it's the dead. And if it's not the dead, it's fish. So uh, if it's a dead fish, we're in big trouble. Um, but no, I, it's great, man. I love it. Thank you so much, Shane, for coming on and talking with us again. I'll let you guys say a little uh, a little something before we go. But I just want to let you guys know that I'm, I'm grateful. I like the talks. No, it's what, what what you want this podcast to be, you know, it's just dudes being dudes and just talking life. You know, everybody that's out there, we're all, we all have these same memories. We Before we got on earlier, we're talking about wiffle ball in the backyard and the kids playing. That's who we are. You know, that that's where we came from. And I know that's, you know, I, this world has changed a little bit, certainly, but there's still a lot of that fabric in all of us. And we want to just kind of bring that out and then if it's just us talking about it and it triggers a memory in somebody's head, man, we, we, we've accomplished that. That's what we want this podcast to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be all about sports, but um, we do, you know, before I, before we sign off, I do want to thank everybody though, that, that, that supported us this year at the Red Smith. I mean, it was a new venue. Um, it was a little bit different planning this year, you know, COVID really threw a wrench in all of our lives here over the last two years. And to be able to, to pull off a banquet, an in-person banquet, to get the lineup that we had, to have Shane come on board. You know, we have all the pieces in place to, to last another 57 years. And, and you know, we've got a lot of exciting ideas out there. And, and just thank you for, for everybody's support. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for the donations. Thank you for attending the Red Smith Banquet. We Every year, you know, we want to make this thing bigger and better. And, and the original mission of, of this in 1966, whenever this was started, it was just a bunch of dads that got around and said, look, we want to put on a first-class event and just entertain people in the in the Fox Cities. And that mission hasn't changed at all. We, we all are passionate. All three of us on this show are passionate about it. Our whole committee is passionate about it. And that's what makes our community really, really special. Yeah, there's a lot of selfless people. I mean, that's the one thing I take away from any of these kind of functions is selfless people that care about people that looking to do, you know, their part, make the world a better place. And I can't wait. You know, I just appreciate you guys bringing me to the fold on this. And I want to contribute in, you know, more than just emceeing this uh, because this stuff makes a difference. I mean, it just, it, it really makes a difference. I mean, you know, hopefully we're long gone and, you know, this, this stuff, it's like, it, maybe in, maybe in a hundred years from now, there's a kid doing an interview that says, yeah, I got a baseball glove from the Red Smith and, and it changed my life. And I'm a, I'm a hall of famer. Like, like, you know, you know, it's like a hall yeah. of famer. Like how, how'd you get, what, what's your first recollection of baseball? Well, crazy story. I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin and blah, 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 blah. And I, and this organization did this for me. And I mean, that's, that stuff happens all the time. Yeah. You know, but, uh, it, you know, it's just a, that was a great night uh, last, you know, a few weeks ago and it's going to keep getting bigger and better and, talking with you guys tonight this is this is just a lot of fun so 
looking forward to doing this again with you guys. But uh, yeah, I, I just echo what you said, Joe, to those that contributed, you know, that's, it's appreciated because people don't have to do that, you know? So it, it's, it's appreciated. And uh, the impact, I mean, man, people that make impact. Just uh, Mr. Keller, think of Mr. Keller, what, what, what he does. And, and, you know, he, he supports some of the scholarships that, that we gave out that night. And, and for many years, uh, previous and, and he attends him and his wife every year and he he gets it he he we need people like this people like that that make this community what it is and he, yeah, he's an incredible absolutely. guy and, and, and people that showed up i mean i can't wait we're gonna get there i, yeah. I don't get too many guarantees but i'm gonna make one right now we will get back to 15 1600 people we will just just i love it well absolutely. yeah hey if shane says it i believe it uh, all right, from a few dads being dads and dudes being dudes, we're going to sign out, and uh, we will see you guys in the next episode of the Red Smith Podcast. I'm Fred Thurston, joined by Joel Ornstein and Shane Sparks. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.